Hi, welcome to She Styles Lifestyle Podcast, where you'll hear no BS, only ways to help take your lifestyle to the next level. You'll hear from experts, strong men and women who are succeeding in their lives. They will share their skills and tips that they are using in their day-to-day lives. I promise no false information and keeping it majorly real. I'm an entrepreneur, lifestyle blogger, salon owner, and I'm your host, Samantha Nicole. Turn blog into today's Your New Image Boutique and Spa. Now hold on tight. Hey, hi guys. Welcome back to She Sales Podcast. We have a familiar voice back on here. Um, she actually lived here in El Paso for a little bit, but now she's back in Austin. Hi, Brittany. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Where can we find you on the gram real quick? Um, it's a little bit of fun. Brit with two T's. <laughs> And so before you were talking, when you were doing your blog before, it's kind of evolved into something more and a lot of like, I mean, a lot of important topics. Do you agree? Like it used to be like different, you're out and doing different drinks and it just keeps evolving into more and more. Yeah. I mean, it was more of like a, a foodie type blog when I was in El Paso, just cause like I was new and I needed something like that. And I didn't really like, I had El Paso eats for food, but I needed like drinks and like where to go. So that's kind of how that morphed into that there. And then towards the end of my time in El Paso, I just got more involved in like, I wanted to use that platform for something that was bigger than that. Um, so I just do a lot of like, I talk about politics. I like educate people on like transgender rights and LGBTQIA plus stuff. Talk about really all the stuff that people say you're not supposed to talk about is what I talk about on my blog and Instagram now. And I like it because I feel like, um, first of all, I think you've evolved into like, I mean, I'm tuning in on a regular basis. I'm watching what you're saying and things that I feel like I need to like work on myself. I'm like, oh shoot. Like I, you really hit a core because I really haven't read up on that as much as I should know, you know, I think a lot of people feel like that. I think a lot of people are, are remembering that we should not only be posting all the pretty, but maybe be posting things that actually, you know, matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think some people like completely shy away from it. I think some people try and find a balance. I really just, I tell people I do whatever I want on my Instagram and it's literally for me. And if they get something from it, that's great. And I love that it educates people. But once I decided to really remove the, like the pressure of crafting something other people want and like, I was able to sort of just navigate it differently. And it's a lot more fun for me. Yeah. And I I can definitely, um, see what, what do you feel some of your best topics are at the moment? Um, I do a lot of, I've been talking a lot about people and like, um, race. Um, I think people are very uncomfortable when they talk about race and I've been pushing back a lot on people to really sort of unpack the anti-blackness they have. Um, and that comes a lot from the Latinx community that comes a lot from white people. Um, you know, the United States was sort of founded on a system of like patriarchy and white supremacy. And so I try and like break that down for people in just small chunks that they sort of can internalize and be like, Oh, so this is how this is anti-black and sorry, my dog might've just barked. (laughs) Um, Apologies. But like, this is how this is anti-black. I also do a lot of 
education on like fat phobia, because that's something that I needed to unpack. And I think that's one thing that's confusing to a lot of people because there are just very small things we all do that we've kind of been taught as a society because like society only values like thin people. And there are just small ways that we are all so fat phobic. Um, And just like trying to break that down. I've done a lot with like, I just did a guide basically trying to explain what trans and non-binary means. And like, I interviewed like three or four people that identify as trans or non-binary and had them sort of tell their story and answer questions. So I sort of just bounce around, like I said, anything that I feel like people might have a blind spot in, um, anything that I've had a blind spot in where I'm like, okay, I did all this research. I found all these people that could sort of educate me. How can I condense that and sort of just throw that at people in between other stuff. Like I'll be on my Instagram story, like ranking Taylor Swift albums. And then the next story I'll be like breaking down racism. And it's like, I think that appeals to people because it's sort of, you get a mixed bag. It's not all heavy, but a lot of it is important. No. And I, and I, well, I agree, but even for me, like, I think the fat phobia is something that people, um, need to talk like need to talk about I think that that's something I feel like I even have to work on myself mm-hmm. um even in the past couple of years I feel like I've gained a couple of weight but I'm also like like it's crazy because you would the people that I'm following now are different compared to the people that I was following then because yeah. people following are a little bit bigger they're more self-confident they're like they just don't give a shit right mm-hmm. And the people who are really, which is, I mean, it's kind of like a skinny phobia because the people that are very thin, I mean, I don't know. I think that they put a lot of pressure on people who are a little bit like bigger, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like, it's interesting because like fat phobia is a very specific type of thing that is sort of rooted in systematic like discrimination against fat people in this country, which by the way, I use the word fat. If you do research, most people prefer that to like plus size and obese. Like those are not the terms you should be using. Google it if you don't know why. Um, but like it's that sort of a systematic sort of discrimination against fat people in this country. Whereas there are people, especially like very thin people that experience their own sort of discrimination, but it's very different. And the way like fat phobia is so insidious and just like the way we talk about foods, the way we talk about dieting, the way we all think that we, you know, should look a certain size or, Oh, I just need to lose 10 pounds. And it's like, why, why do you need to lose 10 pounds? Mm -hmm. Or the way you tell people, Oh, they have such a pretty face. Like as if being fat is like a detriment and you have to make it okay by saying they're pretty. So it's just like little things that as a society, we all do. But I think most most people are fat phobic and there are varying sort of, there's a scale, <laughs> um, but I think all of us are even on just the tiniest side of it. And it's something that we should really look at and unpack. <laughs> well, I mean, and before I go into like a, a next phobia that I think that I really want to talk about, and I think um, people are going to be very shocked that we're, we're getting into that, but um Another thing that I like that you say a lot on your post is you say to educate yourself. Like at the end of the day, like um, whatever topic I'm talking about, before you even start preaching anything, educate yourself. 
you know? And I think to me, that's super important because you brought up, um, like color and stuff. And to me, I, I mean, I have friends of all color. I feel like I am a color person because I'm, you know, Spain and from Mexico descent, Mm -hmm. but necessarily I'm not like, I'm very light complected. So when I'm talking to somebody and I was talking to a friend, my friend, um, who is African-American, she's black, she's proud and she's of color. And she and she says like, even though you do not see color, you need to see it. I am colored and everybody who sees me, um, sees color first. You may not, you were not raised like that, but you need to see it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if this is a space where I can cuss, but, um, yeah, I, cuss. I don't see color as bullshit. Um, you need to see you need to see people's race and identity and ethnicity and like Mm -hmm. background. You need to see people as who they are Mm -hmm. and you need to understand how to then not discriminate against them because of that. And if your only way to not be racist or discriminatory or prejudiced is to say, I don't see X, Y, Z, that's a problem that you need to sit with yourself for a while and like dig into. We all see color. We all should see color. (laughs) Um, Some of us have different privileges. Like you just mentioned that you're lighter. Like there are are varying various scales to it. And I talk about colorism a lot. Like people that are white passing, people that are racially ambiguous. Like I'm a person, like I'm black. I have people who often think I'm black or white or people will think I'm Puerto Rican. Sometimes people think I'm Dominican. Like I'm can sort of float in a racially ambiguous bubble. That's privilege. So there are varying scales to what we all sort of go through, but anyone that comes at me with like a, I don't see, you know, I don't see black. I don't see, you know, Mexican. I don't see Vietnamese. I'm like, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, you should see. And if you can't, I, you need to see a therapist. <laughs> Just the end. Yeah. No, no, no. And I, I'm, I'm glad that you're, 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 you're well aware and you're educating. Right. So like, to me, like, that I feel like we there there we need to get educated. Yeah, and you say, and you say that over and over, and that means so much to people who are growing and their mindset is growing, and they want to learn more. I think the one question for me with um like with with you and your blog and stuff is that you want people to ask questions so they can grow and learn, mm-hmm. and then go to Google. You know, yeah, and so I tell, I tell people a lot there. So here's the thing. I tell yeah. people a few things to keep in mind. One, we all have stuff we have to unpack. I think I come across to a lot of people like I'm super quote unquote woke. I hate that term, but like I have my own daily stuff that I'm, I'll catch myself and be like, oh man, that's like xenophobic. Oh man, that's, you know, classism or ableist or whatever. And it's like, you need to sit for a minute and not beat yourself up and not feel guilty. And then just figure out why you like, why you've internalized that and then work through it. So that's one. Two is find the people doing the work. So I found people that could educate me and I have never been a person that sort of slides into DMs and asks questions because I am, I'm like, I'm an, I'm an Enneagram five. I'm like a Capricorn. Like I like knowledge. So I just would go to Google myself. Um, I understand that not everyone does that, but what's been interesting is 
I will have people that will come to me with like these very in-depth questions and I will provide them with resources on my blog and my highlights, answer it in DMs. And then they still come back with more questions. And it's like, at a certain point, you have to take the burden off the marginalized people and do some of the work yourself. So I am very open. Yeah. I'm very open to answering questions and I want people to ask questions. So I never want people to feel like they can't you know, ask me questions, but at a certain point, especially if I'm diving into like a bunch of different things, I'll throw out a, Hey, if you don't know this word, go to Google, (laughs) like just go to Google real quick and look it up. Cause it'll probably lead you to other things that I am not an expert on, but I am happy to give you all this info, but you do have to sort of take some responsibility for your own education. Yeah. And I agree. And I, and I, and I like that you said that because you, the way that you're just so clear, like clear cut and very just go get educated. Yeah. I'm not here. Like you just, I'm not here to be like teaching you everything. Um, also another thing is right now is that we talk about divorce. I want to talk about divorce. You, um, you've been divorced for how long now? Uh, my divorce was finalized in 2018. Yes. 2018. So I guess almost, almost two years now. Yeah. And I, I think that you're like a whole, like, I mean, from when I met you, I think that you were just coming out of the divorce mm-hmm. to now you're just like totally different. And when, when I talk about divorce in the chair or at the salon, I hear a lot of like, oh, like they, people don't want to talk about it. It's like, they're just so fearful of the word because if they say it, then it's going to happen, you know? Yeah, but I- Divorce is weird. <laughs> I mean, did you have a question? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I, I, my, my question is, is well, no, there's no question. I just, uh, it's a conversation I want to have, but it's that people who have divorced have almost remade their whole lives into something beautiful, and that's something that they should want to not that, and not everybody should want to have a divorce, but no. understand. But that some women who come out of it come out stronger, better, wiser. And I mean, both parties end up, you know? Yeah. I think what I think. So I think one of two things happens in divorces. Um, Either people realize that like this is not working and they need to separate. And that's how my divorce was. It was like both of us were not happy Um, or someone's like, almost blindsided. And so they end up feeling like it came out of nowhere and they're unhappy. They're getting divorced. Like I was not unhappy. I was getting divorced. Divorce is a very, um, and just so people have a backstory, like we have no kids. It was a very like clean cut divorce. And even that it is not something I wish on like my worst enemy. It's a very traumatic experience to go through. And I tell people like long-term relationship splitting up, I totally think that is a valid way to, to like, I am not pro marriage or anything. It's like, you can just have a long-term partnership, but there's something different about a breakup, no matter how long you were together Mm -hmm. and a divorce. And I, I do need people to sort of understand that. And it is very, it's traumatic and it's draining, but you come out of it almost with a sense of peace when you know that was not where you were supposed to be. So like for me, that was not where I was supposed to be. I was not thriving as the full human being I wanted to be. And so there were just pieces of me that were sort of shut down to sort of appease him and make the marriage work. (laughs) 
And so once I was able to get out of that and then process the divorce, which I did, like I stayed in El Paso for a year after getting divorced. I didn't, I had like maybe like I knew people through Instagram, but I had like maybe three people as like friends. My core group of friends and family was nine hours away. (laughs) So it's like, I stayed there and sort of just lived by myself, like did my own thing and sort of processed all that. And then once I actually did that, it was like, oh, okay. Now I've like, I feel peace. And it's, that peace is like not something that I would trade for anything. But I think from that peace comes just like, I'm sure I seem very happy to people because I'm very content because my life is calm. I've had chaos and I never will have chaos again. So I value like the calm and the peacefulness. And so if, you know, if there's anyone that's like on the fence, I, I've told people like, I'm not a go get divorced because again, it's traumatic. And I think when you start adding in like kids and stuff like that, I can't even Mm -hmm. imagine Um, but if you know that that's what you need to do, and I think everyone comes to a point where they know, like when you know, you know, then you need to do it and you need to just go through it and feel the feelings, but then you will be so much better for it. Cause essentially it's like pieces of you are dying in this, in this marriage and you need to like come alive once it's over. And what, what, what do you feel like, um, I mean, you, you, you came out a lot like with peace and a lot, like a lot stronger, but what, where do you feel like you feel like, okay. So what would you tell someone in the situation where like, Hey, like, you know, there's the emotion is there. Like you said, it's, it's hard and it's very, um, tiresome. What would you tell somebody who's like going through that at this moment? I mean, I'm very big on like, feel the feelings. Um, I often tell people you need to I tell people this about anything, like you need to sit (laughs) with the feelings you're having, the problematic ones, the sad ones, the angry ones, like you need to sit with those and sort of ask yourself why. I also would say whatever your coping mechanism is, you need to remove it. Like I was on the tail end of finalizing my divorce and had just sort of moved into my own space and I cut out alcohol for like 60 days. Because like, I was, I was like, oh, I'm stressed out. Let me drink some wine. And that was like my coping mechanism. And I think that a lot of, some people it's food, some people it's, you know, weed, some people it's going out, it's whatever. And whatever it is, you need to find that coping mechanism. And then I would challenge you to eliminate it (laughs) so that you really are sitting with the feelings and then you can figure out why do you feel this way? And I mean, no feeling lasts forever. And if you're sad, like be sad. I think you can, I think in any breakup, friendship, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, partners, whatever, I think you can say, man, I miss certain aspects of this person or this relationship and still be like, that was not healthy for me. And then be sad about the aspects that you miss and like honor that and those feelings and then still process that and move on. Okay. I think, so, people, I think where people get into trouble is they try and either like push those feelings down and just like ignore them or they don't want to sit with them because it's uncomfortable. And I challenge people to sort of sit, sit with the things, especially the things that make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And did, did, 
moving forward and like seeing how your life is and all, you know, and everything is better. Where, where do you feel like, do you feel like your, your mind has changed on marriage? Do you feel like your, your, like, who are you now? Um, so I would, I personally would never get married again. Um, I am just a very analytical, logical person. And I think in the back of my mind, I would just always be like, this one process was so traumatic for me personally that I would never go through this again. Like I could live with you for 20 years and then we could just part ways (laughs) if that's what we need to do. The law does not need to be involved. Um, I'm very open to love. I, I tell people I don't, looking back, I don't think that what I had with my ex-husband was love, which I think it sounds shittier than I mean it to, but it was just, like I said, it was a lot of chaos and I've come through like my own study, my own feelings, things like I've read and just like stuff like that. Cause like I said, I like, I search for knowledge. I just feel like love is very quiet. (laughs) Um, It's very calm. So I would very much be open to it. But like I said, I would not trade the contentment and the peace that I have now for, for anything. So I could be alone for the rest of my life. I could find someone. I tried the dating apps for like a second. I hate those. So, <laughs> well, I mean, like new age dating is definitely yeah. It's very, <laughs> yeah, it's very different. So, I'm just like, I don't know, but I, I very much still believe in love. I often tell people I love other people's love. It can stay away from me, but like, I love love for other people. I truly do. I love a sappy love story. I love a meet cute. I want people to just be like head over heels and so happy and like blissfully unaware of like any potential complication. I am just not that person. <laughs> Do you feel like you're okay? So new dating apps and stuff are, are definitely different. For I mean, I was talking to one male who's single in El Paso, and he said the new age dating has been super complicated because of the swiping and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> how how about the sliding in DMs? Is that like a new thing? I so I don't do any of that, and no one slides into my DMs, so I don't I don't know. I think maybe if I was like younger. <laughs> Potentially, I think that I know people who have folks that slide into their DMs. That's just not my my true. I don't. Know. <laughs> okay, so you have a puppy. That's some. That's somebody in your life right now. Yes. Yes, I have a dog and a cat. I love them. Allison Cookie. <laughs> um. What Allison Cookie? Oh, how cute! Yeah. <laughs> so so what 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 are the what are your goals this year, Brent? Um. I'm gonna chill. <laughs> That's like all I do. Um, no, I want to educate myself a little more. I've got a few things I'm trying to dive into that once I get a better handle on them, I'll share more. Um, I want to do more blog series where I interview groups of people and sort of share their stories. Um, a little bit more education for other people. I want to leave my house more <laughs> because I'm like a cozy. I get in my shell. I like, I'm very chill. Only child don't need to talk to people. So I want to like say yes more to social stuff and like put myself out there, but I really don't want to, but I need, I need to. (laughs) What what has changed for you now that you're in Austin? 
Um, I mean, Austin's great because I am closer to like my core group of friends. So like, it's been nice to just have that sort of relationship with people you've known 10, 15 years um, and to see them more and to sort of talk to them more. I have a job that's just a lot more flexible and better. So it's like way, they're way more chill. I can work from home. I can kind of do my own thing, which is nice. Um, I've been like meeting more people, um, and sort of, I feel like exploring new things, which is, I think just a byproduct of Austin because it's so liberal utopia, like Mm -hmm. we're all hippies here. So it's, it's just, I've been like educating myself on stuff, like meeting people that are sort of teaching me to think through some of the things that I've always been taught and sort of analyze them to see if they're like problematic or not so that's been cool but I'm just like more chill I love but like I loved El Paso if El Paso had been like a quick car ride away from my family and close friends I could have seen myself staying there for years it's just so far removed from everyone in my life and I was no longer married and I was like I don't have anyone here like if I was in a crisis (laughs) that I could like call up and they could actually get here quickly yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's true, right? I mean, I think that family's yeah. super important for everybody. Where, where, um, because a lot of the, the topics that we talk about are like problematic. So you, and you said that you deep dive into yourself. What would, what would someone have to do to ask those things? Like, I, that's, I, maybe that's a silly question, but like, no, how I, does, don't, I don't, I like, don't think that's you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I think I, so I think that for me, I would sort of see people popping up talking about things that I would just be like, huh, like almost like what you just said. I would be like, do I think this? Is this like not a good thing to think? And so (laughs) I would like start there and then I would just look for info. Um, So like, for example, with that phobia, like I just saw a woman one day talking about like the way that people talk about fat people. And it was like, just a very random thing. And I was like, oh, I know, like, I feel like I've done this and I've never even thought about this. Cause this, like, it doesn't affect me. And we all are that way. And so then I was like, okay, well, what else can I look for? So I like went through her highlights and then she like would talk, she talked about a book or like a website. And I was like, oh, let me go read this article. I think people can start very, very small. And I think anyone that's on social media you will see stuff. There are people, even if you aren't like following activists or you aren't following people doing like a bunch of educational work, you'll see stuff that pops up and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Like, and then go see if you can ask someone or see if you can Google. Like a thing that I've often said is like, I don't like the term African-American, just call me black. And a lot of black people feel this way. Um, I don't, we don't all speak for each other. So let me say that, but a lot of black people feel this way. And I had so many people DM me. They're like, I've never, like, I had no idea. I was taught to always say African-American. I thought I couldn't say black. And I'm like, okay, cool. So now you have this, like, you've heard me say this thing that makes like, that blows your mind. Go Google it. Literally throw the words like, should I stop saying African-American into Google and see what comes up and you will find articles and like people just talking about their feelings. And I think that's 
it's a very easy way to sort of try and start unpacking things that maybe you didn't even know were problems. I, I love that you said, I love how you use the word unpacking. And I love how, because I think we all have like underlying issues, right? Yeah. But I, but I also think it also goes back to the way you're like brought up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, and how you're like taught and stuff. But I just like how, 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 you, first of all, you keep, you use the word unpacking. And I love how you I say, use- yes. And the problematic, I think yeah. that's great. Because, I use unpacking a lot because it's like, we've all got a box of junk and we need to like, we just have carried the junk around with us forever. And it's like you said, it's because of like how we were raised, but not even that. It's like how your parents were raised. It's just society was found like in America was founded on certain things. And it's like, open up the box of junk instead of just carrying it around and figure out, do you need it? And then when you determine you don't need like 99% of it, unpack it and like throw it out and then go help someone else unpack their junk. If yeah. And, and, yeah. So then it's like, no, won't ever happen again, you know? And then, I mean, I just think you like, you learn and yeah, I, I, I know, I feel like I relate a lot to you because I feel like I'm always talking about teaching and learning and I don't really, and I'm and just, I'm going to unpack some stuff right on here on podcast, on the podcast. I don't talk about really hard subjects. Um, and I don't know why. I mean, yeah. I'm not afraid. I, I don't know why that I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to talk about it. I, I'm a, you know, Hispanic woman mm-hmm. uh, that's a lesbian who, you know, had a child at 17. Yeah. <laughs> who, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. That, you, I mean, it's just so much. So why not talk about things that really do, can, I mean, can impact somebody else and change their world? Yeah. So, I mean, thank you for being you, Britt. And yeah, you're thank welcome. You, <laughs> <I do it>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it takes one person um, a day to to kind of to kind of change it. And you remind me so much of so uh, of Sophia Bush. You know, oh, that's cool. I love Sophia Bush. <laughs> yeah, she's an activist, and she she really just you know she spreads awareness so much. And I think that I mean, you're right there, girl. You're right with with Thanks. her. I appreciate that. <laughs> um. And me and my wife, we, we do look at your, your blog very often. And we do, we do, um, a lot of like topic conversations that you bring up. And I think it's, I think it's cool because between, and I, guys, when you're hearing this, when you have spouse, spousal conversations, it's really cool to know, like if the other person is like thinking the same things because yeah. they, they may not be, you know? Yeah. I mean, your friends too. There's times where we're like, we're listening to you and it sounds so funny, but I do all of my stuff at work too. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. looking at pods and I'm looking at your, everybody's stuff and oh my, oh my God. So this is this topic. She's talking about it. Do you guys about the Taylor Swift stuff? Did yeah. you guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so there we are talking about what you're writing and you know, but, um, yeah, I just, I really love every, I love everything. So what, what do you feel, what, what should, what should we be seeing in the next couple of weeks? Can you share that at least? Not the new stuff. Like for me? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm in the midst of this. I don't know when this podcast is going to go live. I am currently taking a little break from social media. It'll be two weeks. Oh, you know? Yeah. I'll probably be back by then. But at this point I am in the midst of a, no booze, no caffeine, no social media cleanse. I'm like detoxing my whole body and mind. So 
Um, so the booze thing, I just was like, eh, I feel like it. Um, so I've been, I, my last drink was on January 5th. That was my birthday weekend. Um, caffeine, sort of the same thing. I felt like I was drinking too much. I'm pretty, I'm like an all or nothing person. So I haven't had caffeine for six weeks. And then social media was just last Thursday and social media, I'll tell you too, there was too much noise. Um, we're in the midst of like the COVID-19 coronavirus thing. Um, mm-hmm. I've talked about it a lot cause I've done a lot of research. Um, but there was a lot going on with that. There was a lot going on with the democratic nominations and just like people acting a damn fool on social media. And I just, because of what I do, and how important it is to me to like educate people in a way that's not like shaming them or like going off. Um, I just needed to sort of remove the noise from my mind. So I th- I'm going to try and do a full like 10 days. Um, so by the time this comes out, I will probably be back. Um, but I do have on being LGBTQIA plus, which is another series. If you're familiar with my blog, you know, I do a series pretty much every month now mm-hmm. um, where I'm going to interview a bunch of people. After that, I have On Being an Influencer coming out in April. Uh, I am an influencer? Yeah, probably May. Yeah, so I got a group of influencers. I And again, if you follow me on Instagram, that's where I ask for people to participate in my series. So sometimes people miss them, but I'll usually ask one to three times in my stories. Um, so I have a group of people and they're all going to be anonymous, which most of my series are not, but I wanted them to be honest. So I told them they could all be anonymous. And I've asked them a lot of questions about influencing, like everything from, do you feel like you have a responsibility to be talking about deeper topics? Like what we've been talking about just now to, do you trust the influencers in your city? Do you trust other influencers at all? Do you think that when people say that y'all are lying about the things you talk about, that there's truth <laughs> to that. Like I, I go deep. <laughs> so I think I, I love. Go- I think that is so cool because I am a. I feel like I'm a local influencer. Yeah, I do it. I mean, people will know you're one of the people now, but feel free. Yeah, but it. I will. I will say that I say no to things that I do not like because I also have a business of clientele. Mm-hmm. So I will not use a business here if I do not feel like their product is going to benefit me. Do yeah. I like the product? And so I always go into anybody's or any like emails or anything that I get. I say, mm-hmm. send me something. If I like it, I'll talk about it. Right. You know, and then. And let's say we, if we have a partnership after that, if I don't, I won't because I want people, you want people to go in there that like your stuff. Yeah. And I don't want anyone to come to me and just say that it's fake because then you end up looking like a commercial. Yes. And I think more people need to, well, actually, I think a lot of people are like you. I think the influencers get a bad rap, which is one of the reasons I wanted to do that series. I think a lot of people are like you, but I think for every person like you, there's two to three that just say yes to everything for money. And I think, unfortunately, that ruins it for all of y'all. The majority. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because I've done polls, which anyone that follows me knows I love a poll. I've done Instagram polls where I've asked, you know, like, do you trust influencers? And, you know, I get 75, 80% of people that say no. Like, they genuinely think everything that influencers say is a lie. (laughs) 
or an ad. Like they're just saying it because they were paid. And it's like, that's unfortunate, but that is a byproduct of people who are just peddling every single thing. Like you can't tell me on a Tuesday that you love Neutrogena. And then on Thursday you love clean and clear. And then, you know, Hello. Saturday, <laughs> like you can't tell me that all of these things are your favorite people, you know, people are smarter now. So yeah. I, and, and I think it's true. And I think that I think local influencers and like small people like Austin, Austin bloggers, mm-hmm. El Paso bloggers, things that are very small, they need to be a little bit more careful. Yes. If, if, if you're coming at me and you're telling me cover girl is going to come pay for everything and it's going to tell me to say, I like the lipstick. I, I've said this on Instagram. I'll say it to you. Of course I'm going to say yes. It's like, yeah. it's me. It's me moving on to the next level in my career. Right. You know? Um, but I mean, when it's so small and it's local and it's here and you're just, you're just trying to grow and know people, yeah. you have to, you have, it's all about trust. Yeah, it is. And I, I tell people, I'll push back on my followers too. And I'll tell them like, look, people are, influencers are providing a service. And so you need to look at it like part of you getting this free service is, and you get an advertisement every now and then. And the thing about ads, it's just like a TV commercial. I don't need to buy everything I see in a commercial. I don't care about the commercials. Like I'm not mad at them. Sometimes I might see something I like. Like that's kind of how I look at what influencers do. So I think it's a push and pull and a give and take, but I am excited. Like that series will be live in May. And I'm just excited to share that because I think that'll be really interesting for people on both sides to read. Yeah, I think it is. I think, but you did say that. I'm glad to hear that there's a lot of influencers like me because I feel like right now, I love my friends. I love everybody. (laughs) But I I just feel like there's just too many yes men, like yes sirs right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are, like I said, there are a lot of people like you, but for every one of you, there's like two or three that are not. So it's like, there's still an influx of people that are just like, sure, I'll do anything for money. Here you go. Okay, one more question before we go, or two questions. Do you feel like people, um, have you got a lot of pushback on Instagram because of your, because you, you are so raw? Uh, I, I rarely do. I mean, like, I've had a couple people unfollow me. I had one girl, like, leave some weird comments. I mean, she was racist. <laughs> I'm going to just say that, like, on my blog. Um, but, like, for the most part, I think people know what I'm about, and it's very clear as soon as you start following me what I'm about. So I have like, I've met some people here that like started following me and then we're like, oh no, I'm not about this. Cause like I tell people I'm not an influencer. Like I have a blog. I'll identify as like a lifestyle blogger, but like I'm over here talking about like real life shit. So if you don't yeah. want to hear about mm-hmm. politics and you don't want to hear about like people's rights and social activism, then I'm not the person for you. But it's rare that I get pushed back. Cause like I said, most people know what I'm about. Also, I will drag people. (laughs) I'm not the one to play with. So like (laughs) if you slide into my DMs, which happens occasionally, it's rare, on some nonsense, I'm going to drag you privately and then probably share it. I'll cover your face and name, but I'll still share it. (laughs) And then people typically are like, oh, okay, and apologize or they unfollow. (laughs) Like, bye. What would you, how would you describe your blog? Like if you're going to give me a description, what would it be? I'd say 
it's honestly, I'd say it's a little bit of fun, which I know is ridiculous, but it's, it's a little bit of everything. I am hopeful with my blog that I can educate you on things that you might not be aware of. I hope I can fill in some of the gaps in your blind spots, but I also want us to have fun. So you're going to get, you know, a a glossary of terms that are buzzwords that you might not know about, like non-binary and things like that. But we're also going to rank underrated Britney Spears songs because that's important to me too. (laughs) So (laughs) it's, it's sort of, a peek into the chaos that is inside my head. So it's just a whole lot of nonsense, but we have fun and we learn a little something too. Okay. One last question before we go. If there is somebody out there right now who is like really trying to like turn their blog into something more raw and they just are so scared of what, what the outcome may be. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk to them for a minute? Um, so I would say, pick something that you're passionate about because I think passion really speaks to people and I think people connect with passion. So if you are maybe someone that's not comfortable talking about politics, for example, um, but you care a great deal about, I don't know, let's say the homelessness issue in your city. And that's sort of a human rights issue. And if people can't get on board with you saying, look, I think that every human being on this planet deserves at the bare minimum somewhere to lay their head, like really break it down in a very simple way. Like you're talking to a five-year-old when you're talking to yourself about what you want to say, because then I think you can say, if someone doesn't believe this very basic thing, like if someone doesn't think that all of us deserve to be treated with respect, then who cares if they don't like what you're doing? (laughs) Like, and I truly, truly mean that. Like if someone is upset because you think that human beings deserve to be treated with respect or they deserve, I don't know, healthcare, or they deserve to be married if that's what they're about. And if you break it down on that small level and that pisses someone off so much that they're like, oh, I don't want to read this and they go away. Bye. <laughs> like, because for every one of them, you you will find more people will flow towards you. And I truly, truly, truly believe that. And you are talking to someone that at one point, not that this is like a huge number, but that at one point had like almost 15,000 followers on Instagram. And I went in and I used an app called Cleaner and I blocked and unblocked a solid 9,000 <laughs> because I just didn't want that many people following me. I was like, I'm not beholden to these people. I'm not here for entertainment. And I've watched it. I've watched my account steadily grow because I, people are finding me that are like what I'm saying is speaking to them. And I think if you are passionate about something, you can't let fear of what people might say mm-hmm. turn, like, turn you away from talking about it. And I think at a certain point, And this is something that I would say to everyone, especially influencers, bloggers, people with a platform. At a certain point, silence becomes almost complacency. So we hit these waves where something so atrocious is happening and you saying nothing almost puts you on the side of the people doing the bad thing. So you need to sort of remember that when you're going back and forth. Um, 
and then just find something that you're passionate about and share. And I also tell people, and this is a very, very easy way. This is a long answer to your question. Sorry. But I also, no, no, tell, people, I also tell people, if you are too afraid to say what you want to say, or you feel like you can't say it in a way that people will get it. Like a lot of people are just afraid they're like, they're not going to sound smart or whatever, which I don't care. I, I rant all day. But if you really care about that, find the people like a Sophia Bush or the activists in whatever said community and share their content. The end. <laughs> like You don't have to say anything. You can go to the ACLU site. You can go to a Planned Parenthood site. You can go to all these different websites or all these activists or all these people that are talking and doing what you maybe feel you aren't too comfortable doing and just share the content. It's as simple as that. I love it. Yeah. Thank thank you so much for being on Brit. I think that it's, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I'm going to guys, if you guys are listening and this is you, let's one more time ask Brit, where can we find you Brit? A little Brit of fun on Instagram. A little Brit of fun is the blog. My Twitter is on lockdown because I don't want people following me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Perfect. So you guys can't follow her on Twitter, but you can follow her anywhere else read her blog. You will really enjoy it. And most importantly, you'll learn something new. I have learned so much even on this podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much, Britt, for being on and we will see you guys next week on She Styles Podcast. Hi, it's me again. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I want you guys to put words into action, grab inspiration. I love people and I love helping you get to your next level. I want to revolutionize your lifestyle. I want to help you get to your next best self. And if you love this episode, go into our reviews, write one down and find us on social at Your New Image and at She Styles Lifestyle. Everything will always be on our show notes. And until next time, put your style into your lifestyle.